have you thought of what animal you'd like to be if you end up alone? Yes, a lobster. A lobster is an excellent choice. Hello and welcome once again to Hollywood RX. Your doctors are in. I am your host, Dr. G, and with me as always is the impregnable <laughs> Dr. D. Hello, folks. And, and uh, tonight we are talking about uh, The Lobster, a film starring Colin Farrell set in a dystopian society where people are forced to fall in love by a certain age or be turned into an animal of their choice. And since I've talked long enough, I'm going to let you start off. Oh my goodness, this is exciting. Um, okay, well, uh, just uh, to full disclosure, I saw it some, some weeks ago, so it's not as fresh in my mind as, uh, as I would like, but I do. It is a film that has lingered with me, so I actually remember it better than I would say, uh, you know, 10 Cloverfield Lane or something like that. Um, I will say the following for my quick take, which is that uh, when I saw it, I did not particularly like it and I was annoyed by all manner of things about it and subsequent to seeing it I was telling other people about it and describing what I thought was its badness and they were laughing their asses off and I realized that I had not been fully connecting with the comedy of it and consequently, I have had a rebirth in my feelings about it. And that's all I'm really going to say for now. You're on. Well, I, for one, am in the camp of hating this movie. <laughs> Knowing that it was a comedy, that it was, well, that it was meant to be a comedy. Yes, an alleged comedy. I, 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 I took issue with a number of things that, are, that were uh, presented as humorous, which I'll go into later, but um, but basically I feel like there's there's this little sub slash micro genre of comedies that are really deadpan, quiet, yeah. drawn out, and they just never work for me. I recognize the intention and. And it's a, it's a sensibility that works for me in a lot of other movies, but there are this handful where it's like the the glumness overwhelms to me, and and just and just tsunamis over whatever merits and good intentions there were. I love everything you just said, and I can't wait to get into it further. I'm not going to be like a, um, a ch uh, somebody who champions the film to you, but it, I, I can't wait now for us to proceed. This is very exciting. Well, okay. Um, so, <clears throat> given that you said that it, you didn't realize that it was that it had a comedic uh, angle. Um, oh my God! You must have thought this was like. <laughs> jump the guard or something like well to be this fair must have been, 
You yeah. must have thought this was like the most contentious art film of all time. Uh, yes, pretty much. And I still have one foot in that camp. Um, but once I... Here's the thing. I wasn't in an auditorium where a bunch of people were howling with laughter. And I was sitting there going, why do I not think this is funny? I was in an auditorium where, for the most part, no one was laughing. Right. Even Just like in the movie. <laughs> right. And so then when I went, you know, when I took the next step and started relating some of these scenes to other people and they were laughing, I said, oh, I see. It is funny. I'm just better at delivering it than he is. That I told his joke better than he did. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think this was going for like a Spike Jones kind of vibe. Um, and it, I don't know, the, maybe it's just the pace was off. I felt the same way about this that I felt about, I, I know I've mentioned this movie in the past here on this show, uh, this movie with Sean Penn called This Must Be The Place. Uh, by an Italian director, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But um, it's the same. Like there, there are great intentions, and there's an amazing performance in that case. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's it's so successful in in creating this emotionally bleak world that it just it, it, it oppresses, it overpowers. Right. Um, I I I was, and 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 I wasn't unaware of the satire you know like i i got what it was saying about you know the the the, the pressure to conform and to, to conform to society as far as you know as marriage and things like that um but i felt uh, and maybe also loss but um it didn't it, the, the pacing then maybe it's just that the pacing was off you know, the only, the only scene where I feel like the timing was right was uh, when he kicks the little girl and, <laughs> and, tells, her, and tells her that, that she should be thanking him because now she's going to be more like her dad. Yes. See, like, that's, oh hang on a second. That was one of the scenes I described that made people laugh. Yeah, it was... Um, <clears throat> It was also pretty revolting to me uh, in terms of uh, the use, uh, the brutality that was conveyed towards the animals in the movie. And I know as soon as I say that, that right now there are a whole bunch of people listening who are thinking, "Oh, but what about you know the pe what about the suffering people, you know, in the movie, you know, like." <laughs> but you know, there maybe I just have an extra sensitivity to it, but uh, I. You know, the, the opening scene of the movie... Wait a minute, what about the suffering audience? Not suffering... Oh, that's funny. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, in, what, in the beginning? In the beginning, the uh, the opening scene with the woman shooting the donkey... Yeah, spoiler was, alert. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um... But to me, that I mean, like that's the extent to which I can see that kind of behavior depicted towards an animal and not be upset by it. Okay. So later in the movie, when we see the dog in a pool of blood, and and 
you know, and her bloodied leg, that was not funny to me. But I don't, really I, turned my stomach. Okay. I don't, I, and and yeah. maybe it was because of the, the buildup because she described it first. So I wasn't even expecting him to show it. But then when he did, I was just, I was nauseated. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not a squeamish person, but it's just, there, there, there was a callousness towards animals that I guess was in keeping with the callousness towards people in this movie. Um, that's uh, uh, in, like interesting. The, what? This movie was Kubrickian for me in the sense that I feel like there's no, there isn't a single character in this movie that that the director loves. That's that's what I come away with in this movie is that everybody's, you know, he hates everybody in this movie on some level. Wow. Or sympathizes with them in a real self-loathing kind of way. I don't know. Even some of the animals. Now, I'm going to jump in here a little bit and say that I was kind of amused by the fact that, that you know, you're like, listen, I'm okay if you shoot a donkey. Just don't kick a dog to death. Um, there's something funny about the way you were starting with that. And I imagine... Well, more in the depiction, really, than anything else. Well, but no, but that's what's fascinating about your statement is as follows. That donkey was actually shot with a tranquilizer. That's a real donkey falling down after getting darted. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't mean that. I, I, I know that like, they didn't kill any animals. No, in the I, no, no. But what I'm saying is you're literally seeing an animal react to a moment of some kind of violence on screen. An animal getting darted is still, in a tiny way, actual violence. Well, I didn't think it was. I didn't think she, the donkey's being darted. I think the donkey's being shot. I remember her firing twice. No, no, no. I understand. You, you were led to believe when you were watching it that a donkey was getting shot. There's a part of your brain within the context of the story. No, no, I understand that it, within the context of the story. There's a yeah. part of your brain that knows they didn't really kill a donkey, or there at least hopes they didn't really kill a donkey, um, and but the the so that you you literally quote unquote see the violence depicted towards the donkey with the dog, you do not see it. You hear right. it described in the aftermath, but that had much more of an impact on you. So I find that interesting that that you, you didn't even look at a dog lying in a pool. You looked at a, what is almost certainly a, uh, a, a prop lying in a pool of blood. Probably wasn't even a dog. Possibly. So, so I just I find it interesting. Possibly. It that, wouldn't surprise me if they got a dog to play dead. In a pool of blood. Right. Well, true enough. Um, in any case, uh, I didn't have that same problem that you did. I, I, it was just like a punch in the gut. Like just like, it, and it. But I don't think it was supposed. To, I don't think either of those moments were supposed to elicit laughter. Specific, oh, specifically, the one with the blood and the dog. No, but I think we were supposed to. I I, I think. The, the, the attention paid to the blood on her leg, I think, was, you know, coming cutting back to it a couple of times, I believe, that was meant to be humorous. Really? Wow. Okay. I think so. Um, see, because as I went through the whole thing, I rarely, I was rarely laughing. But now when I think about it, I'm laughing all the time. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't understand. I don't know what. <laughs> I want, know, like, I want to know how, like, like how it, it, it transformed. I want to know how, like, what, what was going through your mind when it became this really bad, pretentious movie, which it is, into this 
Well, satire. Humorous. It's successful satire because now you're laughing. Hold on a second. Stop. I am not going to take the word pretentious off the table. Okay. I still think it's pretentious. I just now realize that it's funnier than I thought it was. I Listen, I'm a guy who enjoys a wide variety of humors, and I'm capable of an extraordinarily wide variety myself, from slapstick to puns to parody to satire, irony, deadpan, all of it. This thing was so fucking dry in its delivery of the comedy that I didn't even register to me, a guy who has studied comedy his entire life and reveled in it, didn't even recognize it as comedy. So, yes. say again? I said that's true, folks. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, comedy is the bread and butter of the dining table at my, you know, family home. My, at, my, the, at the dining table of your blood. Yes. Blood there's, there's uh If you can't keep up and make jokes, you're not... You know, you're not with it. So, um... You're not ours. So, in any... <laughs> yeah, right. That's, there's not even any need for DNA testing. If you can't make a joke, you're not part of the family. We know you're not one of us. Um, so, anyway, I wasn't... I wasn't kind of expecting that. Um, it's so funny because what little trailers I had seen made it seem kind of fun and light and frothy to me. And then when I got there, I went... This is so brutally melancholy and so extremely bizarre. Like, I had to spend 10 or 15 minutes wrapping my brain around the dystopia of it because it is not a dystopian future you've seen anywhere else before. Many, many times in science fiction and other... And I suppose this is a kind of a science fiction movie, although there's not much science to it. Well, there is science if people are being turned into animals. Um, yeah, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, thank you. Okay, but it's usually, you know, um, buildings that are half torn apart and, you know, burnt out cars parked in a street and, you know, just sort of like that kind of wasteland type, Mad Max type stuff. And so here we are in the lush Irish countryside and it all looks beautiful and, and sweet and everything else. Um, but just like, I don't know. So I, I, the melancholy of it and the deadpan of it just sort of caught me by surprise and I was watching it more as a drama, and believe me, it's not enjoyable on the level as a drama in particular, or just a series of very strange scenes. Um, but there, there were so many actors in it who I, who I enjoy. Colin Farrell, I can give or take, generally speaking. I thought he was fine here. And I, thought, I thought he was actually, he was actually excellent in conveying that kind of person. I, I absolutely believed him. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't the usual case, like when, you know, someone who's, you know, really handsome or, or really pretty tries to ugly down. Right. But it was really genuine. Like, I believed him. Yeah. If I had yeah. never seen him in anything else before, I would have thought, he just is that guy. Yeah, he put on he put on 40 pounds and he just looked, he he just lived that part as opposed to say, like when he was in Terrible Bosses or something, where he's clearly wearing a, a toupee and it's all... The comedy in that is much more grotesque. I don't even want to hear about it. I okay. don't even want to hear about the part of his career. <laughs> Covering your ears. So, oh, yeah. so I don't... I didn't, and I didn't think he was particularly uh, funny in that, but, um, you know, I, I love him from uh, In Bruges. Have you seen that? No, I have not. I've heard good things about it. I, I do think you ought to uh, catch up with that. You know, Saving Mr. Banks I enjoyed a lot because I'm a big Mary Poppins fan and he had a 
a part in that that was kind of a flashback part. Oh. Uh, what you uh, you're just you're offended by it? Oh no, no 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 no! But just the whole idea of a movie about the making of Mary Poppins. It's like <laughs> That that, that 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 that's like two within that, that that's like two layers deep of of anti me. Oh well, that's funny. You brace yourself then, because they're doing one about uh, Winnie the Pooh. About oh, brace, my, brace myself, nothing. Brace myself for a nice night at home doing something else. Because I will be. Yes, uh, you mark mark your calendar. Save the date for doing nothing at home. That's very funny. So. Uh, obviously, he's super charming and everything else, but here I really just... I saw him much more as an actor in this than I've seen him, than I felt like he was before. Also, True Detective, which I don't think is a show you watch, um, he did a really solid job in that recently. Huh? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, you are going to, or...? Well, yeah, I mean, there are just so many hours in the day. I mean, i got to get to okay. work. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, so I thought he was terrific. I always love Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Um, she yeah. is one of the super sexiest women, as far as I'm concerned, other than my wife and, uh, you know, some others to be named That's later. Yeah. Um, and she's been in a ton of things I like. Do you remember her, like, specifically, or, like, the first time you saw her? Do you have a memory? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Oh, boy. It was a very long time ago. Like, I, I, you know, it's funny. I. I had the experience recently of like seeing a couple of character actors or you know B-level actors and things. Yeah, that, yeah. And I realized, wow, I've been like with this guy's career for like twenty years. Like, I love when that happens. I, I just sort of take for granted, like, oh yeah, Ferris Bueller. That was just a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my son, eighteen year old, was watching Better Off Dead. Uh, which he'd never seen with his girlfriend, and and she was laughing and laughing. And I later on, when she was gone, because it was her her choice of movie, I pulled him aside and said, "Listen, uh, <laughs> John, John Cusack has made a lot of uh, wonderful uh, yeah. teenage romance movies. That wasn't sure one of thing. them. That wasn't one of them. Exactly. I said the short thing, and uh, Doreen said, uh, "What's the one where he holds the uh, uh, say Sorry. anything? Yeah." So I said, yeah, you look for those. <laughs> that's that's your uh, your John Cusack payoff. But uh, so yeah, I was thinking the same thing about him the other day. Um, but well, while... speaking of John Cusack, it's funny now that you say that because yeah. the um, well because he was in um, of course he was in being um, being John Malkovich. Oh right. And that's another that's that's another perfect example of a movie whose comedy was lost on me. Oh, absolutely! It's the oppressive atmosphere. <laughs> I hated that this, movie. This this oh, I'm so this cloud that, yeah. that covering the lighting of every scene. Mm. Um, it just oh, another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love everything else Spike Jones has done. But if that one was just, that was kind of torture. But, but but to get back to what you were saying before about the trailer, and 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 how you thought, oh, it made it look light and you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, funny, and then you know, you had that other experience. I I I I also saw the same trailer as you, and for me, the experience was starting with scene two, like almost like right out of the gate. Yeah, I realized. 
this thing's failing. This is fail, fail, fail. <laughs> this is uh, like you're going this direction. Fuck you. Yeah. No, well, no, it's no. funny because in all fairness, you had you didn't have this on any of our lists. You weren't up for seeing it necessarily. We found a hole where we had time to record, but we didn't have anything new to watch. And so I kind of twisted your arm into seeing this. Um, no, that's true. And, and it's what, and, 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 and for the sake of transparency here, folks, uh, Adam did, in fact, uh, he did, in fact, say in the, pre, in the, uh, the buildup, he said that he had some strong, that it, he had some strong <laughs> feelings about it, some strong emotions. I can look it up if I really don't want to. Well, but, I, my, my, um, my feeling was it would generate a good conversation. Now, I need to jump back because I don't think I registered your uh, answer about what was the first time you saw Rachel Vice, or you remember noticing her. Boy. Gosh, I, I, I would have to look at a filmography, to be honest. Okay. I, 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 it's, it's not like... She's not like John Cusack, who I could name in an instant. I totally understand. Or even Joan Cusack. Um. <clears throat> well, it's, you know, it's... And it's not her, it's me. Um, but <laughs> she did... No, I think she started doing much better work later on. Yeah, So, like, I noticed her in some piece of crap. Can I tell you the piece of crap you noticed her in? It's the one I was going to say, shamefully, The Mummy. Yeah, that's probably true. She was the love interest. That's 1999. So that's the 20-year range you're talking about. Oh, unbelievable. Right. And prior to that, there was other sort of, you know, chain reaction and, uh, uh, you know, there was some smaller independent stuff, something called Stealing Beauty, um, which I know I've seen, but I can't quite put my finger on. I, I, I don't. Let's not bring it up. Okay, but what I will say is, for me, one of the highlights was The Brothers Bloom, which is a movie I enjoy a lot. Are you familiar with that one? Not at all. Okay, Brothers Bloom, real briefly, is uh, Ryan Johnson, is di uh, directing and writing. It stars uh, uh, Rachel, Adrian Brody, and Mark Ruffalo, among uh, many others, Robbie Coltrane, um, and so on. Uh, the brothers are con men. And so it's just an interesting... I, I'm a kind of a sucker for con men movie like Matchstick Man or Paper Moon, these sorts of things. Yes. The Flim Flam Man. But um, <clears throat> so I was drawn to it because of Ryan Johnson and because of uh, that sort of subtext. But it's also a, rom a romantic type uh, movie as well. And uh, so that's one of the highlights uh, for me of her of her list. Well, the movie where she blew me away, I mean, I, I was aware of her before it, but the movie that, 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 that turned the corner for her, yeah. for me, was uh, The Constant Gardener. Right. Which is just still an incredibly powerful movie. Um, yes, that, pre, that predates Brothers Bloom by about, uh, about three years or so. No, I think Ed Norton kind of uh, soiled the word brothers ever being used in a movie title for me, so okay. I was never on my radar. I'm going to be embarrassed now to ask you to clarify that, because I'm missing it. Brothers McMullen, his first movie. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. 
I thought you said Ed Norton, not Ed. They're not both named. Who am I thinking of? Um, not Ed Norton. Oh, I'm an asshole. You gotta cut this out. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, yeah, Edward Norton, isn't it? Ah, fuck it. Hold on. Ed, there's Edward and Ed. <laughs> this is hands down. This is gonna be like, you know, when there's like that, like, like when we're like a guest star in someone's show and they pull out some old clip, it's gonna right. be this. Uh, yeah, we're gonna lose our uh, internet uh, podcast uh, entertainment cards. Uh. I hope that listening to this program is too young to know who the hell we're talking about anyway. That's true. Um, you're thinking of Edward Burns, writer, director, producer, Burns! Edward Burns. <laughs> Mr. Burns. All right, yeah. And it does burn. All right, so uh, John, C, John C. Riley, another stalwart uh, actor yes. here. Oh, I, I hated that scene where they toast his fingers. I really, really... You yes. know, here's the thing, man, and it's the same thing in music. It's like portrayals of someone or or something suffering. Yeah. That's not my idea of entertainment. I'm sorry. I, I understand. It kind of like pulls me out of whatever it is. That's, I, I like all of that. I think all of that is fair. But um, I generally like him a lot. Oh. And, and he stays with me all the time. A perfect what? Storm, uh, which is... Uh, you know, small compared to many the many movies that he's made, but he's got a couple of moments, and particularly his last moment in Perfect Storm just ruins me. It really does. Um, you know, um, I bumped into him. I, hang on a second. I, I lost you there. You bump into him when? I bumped into him at a Stereo Lab concert in Los Angeles. It oh. was a week after... I had seen uh, the rough cut in in the first public screening. I'd seen the rough cut of Boogie Nights. Oh, wow. That's cool. No one knew what it was. We saw a three-and-a-half-hour version. That's the uncut version on DVD, on, on Blu-ray, is still not everything. Everything you saw. That's, um, that's very but, cool. Uh, no, right. But, uh, but then a week later... Um, <laughs> the same friends that I we were at a stereo live concert. We look over and there he is, and we actually kind of had the nerve to go up to him and say, "Hey, man, we just saw Boogie Nights last week because it hadn't been out yet. Right, hadn't right. Really about you know, so it was like, you know, and like, and you were fucking amazing. Um, it was a nice. It was one of my. Uh, it was one of my nicer celebrity encounters. That is a really cool uh, story. I want to mention a movie that he is in. Uh, that is a favorite of mine called Hard Eight by Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes, he's uh, amazing at that too. Fantastic. Philip Baker Hall, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is even palatable or bearable in it. This is before she was really Gwyneth Paltrow. Palatable. <laughs> Sam Jackson's there. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the great late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Fantastic yeah. movie. Go out and find it. He's only in it for, for about a minute, but right. it's power but it's a it's in a hell of a minute <laughs> so uh that's another one that he's in that i just absolutely uh love and i think there was one more i wanted to mention i just can't think of what it was but he's just done he's really wonderful in comedy he can play that really dry stuff but he's also very funny uh he's also very um excellent as a, a dramatic actor i don't think he gets enough 
um, attention. Oh, I know what I wanted to mention. That uh, he did a movie called Criminal. Do you know that? It was very small. No. It was a. Uh, it's a con artist movie, uh, which is, I guess, why I was drawn to it. Uh, directed by uh, somebody named Gregory Jacobs, and um, it is a remake of a uh, foreign film that I think might have been called The Five Queens or something like that. Um, hmm. It's John C. Riley, uh, Diego Luna, uh, Maggie uh, Gyllenhaal, and it is uh, a good con man movie. And um, even though it's a remake, it still sort of has an artsy fartsy, uh, you know, kind of a feel to it. I wish I could remember the actual title of the original. Now, I'll tell you something, too. Yeah. And this is a funny way of circling back to the beginning of the conversation. Um, so I had read uh, I had read once that John C. Riley walked off of a Lars von Trier film because of animal cruelty. Because Lars von Trier wanted to... I'm, I'm probably misremembering the detail, but it was, I think he did something like, like he wanted... Like there was supposed to be a lamb sacrifice in the movie and he wanted to have it really done and Riley said to him if you do it I'm, I'm, I'm off the film I'm walking and Von Trier did it and so did Riley and he walked off that movie wow I, I, I actually don't know which movie of Lars Von Trier it is that that happened to I, um, I I never bothered to find out but I just thought even at the time before I was extremely sensitive to animals I just thought what the what balls? Good for you, man. Yeah, yeah. Making and, a public statement about it. Good for you. And he doesn't need it. He doesn't need to be associated no. with that. He's done a billion things. He's wonderful and everything. Has he been nominated or won an Oscar yet? Because it's a crime. As far as I know, a no, never. He should have crime. He should have. Yeah, been. absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, real quickly, I just want to touch on a couple other of the characters, the actors yes. in it, without going into great detail on them. Uh, ben Wishaw, who played the guy with the limp. Uh, yeah. I, I like him a lot. He's from Spectre, among many other things. <clears throat> I, I knew I disliked him in something else. <laughs> you really don't like him? Um, he, uh, how can I put this diplomatically? He's so adept at portraying a certain personality that... She, really rubs me the wrong way okay that uh okay. I'm, I'm 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 waiting to be charmed by the other stuff okay uh leah sedu sedo sedo uh who played the leader of the the other you know when he ends up in the underworld the opposite group that insists everybody be single and that was just like name value. Could have been anybody. She didn't. She's been a lot better in other things. Oh really? I I, I liked her in this, but again, we're dealing with two guys who came away with different things, different feelings. She was also Inspector, uh, and in the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I enjoyed a lot, and in Glorious Bastards. She's been in a ton of. Um, she's worked with a lot of sort of high-level directors internationally, and she was in Blue is the Warmest Color, which was a very sexy film a little while ago. Awesome film. Yeah. So, uh, she, I mean, I think this is an incredible cast for a movie, a movie that we don't like. Um, it, is. Well, yeah, it was a waste of a good cast. Uh, Ashley Jensen. I'm sorry, they all got suckered in. Ashley Jensen, who played the, the, the gal who, ha, who, uh, the suicidal girl. Um, oh, yeah. I know her from, um, extras. Uh, uh, what's that? 
British actor's name who everyone doesn't like. Uh, Russell Brand? No, no, that's a good guess. He's the stand-up comic. He did the original Office. Oh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais had a show called Extras, and she was his not-quite-a-love-interest sidekick in that, and she was absolutely heartbreaking and wonderful in that show. I thought people liked Ricky Gervais. Um... I don't know how much the general pub public... Listen, when Ricky Gervais' movies come out, they don't break box office records. They barely break even. They barely come out. There you go. So if people really liked him, here anyway, I think there'd be more to it. How about the woman... Did you, did you like the actress playing that... The woman he actually kind of coupled with, that cold sort of heartless... Whoa. You hated... Wait, me? <laughs> Seriously? What's it like? Well... The difference between Did like the actress do a good job. Yes. God, you're hard. You're I, hard. I mean, yes, she was adequate. She was adequate. Okay, yeah, adequate, her, but not impressive. Her, I guess, her name is Angelica Papulia. She's probably Greek. Um, well, speaking of Greeks, the director. Yeah, explain a lot of things. The director is uh, is of uh, is a Greek uh, fellow himself. Yes, he is. This is his first English language um, uh, fiction. He did an English language documentary, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I think that may be part of why everything is. It seems to me that if you're not familiar with the language and everything else, cadence and yeah, this deliveries come off. This um, kind of comedy lends itself to. This flat, affectless type comedy lends itself to you not not understanding the the patois of English, right? Um, right. And so that s- starts to make a little sense to me. And apparently, some of his other work, notable among among them, is a movie called Dogtooth. I think he does have sort of very odd situations and stuff that challenges you know the way you think about things and so on and so forth. So I think this movie fits in with his overall uh, gestalt. But um, I think you are also probably more like you see more offbeat stuff and foreign films and you just have a have a a richer, grander appetite for entertainment. And I'm happy with junk food movies by and large. And so got my junk foods. Oh, no, I know you have that, too. I'm saying that you have you have the full gamut. So I think you went into this with a. Like you had seen other films with this kind of tonal stuff and already didn't like them, and so it was fitting into a category you already knew you didn't like. You mean did I? Have, you mean I? You mean I saw other films that were afflicted with the same, the same condition? Yes. Yes. True. Exactly. Yes. So, um, I think that because you were better, I'll call it being better read, with okay. with genre and style and so on and so forth. Um, okay, but I'm gonna. Okay, but I'm gonna throw out. Oh, I'm gonna throw out a reference that I know. Okay. Our viewers, uh, listeners, well, but uh, to me, genre, Bill Forsyth. I'm sorry. I, I heard to me and Bill Forsyth. What was the middle part? The master of this genre to me is Bill Forsyth. Oh wow. Okay. Wouldn't you agree? Local hero. Do you remember that movie? Yes, I do, but not not. I don't remember it in such a way that I can really. Um, oh, I yes. And you didn't see Comfort and Joy and Breaking In, <laughs> movies, housekeeping. You're, you're just going to embarrass, keep embarrassing me. Um, 
I know I, the, all of those titles. I don't know that I've seen all of those movies. Well, take it from me, folks. <laughs> Local Hero, Comfort and Joy, uh, Gregory's Girls, a movie he's known for, mostly. Yes. It's funny. I know all these titles. I had no idea they were all from the same director. Really, really hysterical, hysterical comedies. All right. Well, then it's, it's very deadpan style, but the timing—it's it just it works. It's as much, much better. You know, another thing about this movie is that it's, it's hard to kind of sympathize with anybody. Even you know, if you recognize sort of parallels with you know behaviors or experiences in your own past. Yeah. Yeah. It was still so morose and glum. It was yes. Just, hang, on, hang on a second, though. Hold on a second. I'm sorry, I just remembered another scene that made me laugh. It's the scene... The hot tub scene. As, no, not even. As they're going through, um, that was just weird to me. That was just that scene was just weird to me. But no, that um, scene was funny to me. That was the other scene in the movie I liked because I thought, oh, that's funny. Now that he's got to like play it off like he doesn't give a shit. I thought that was awesome. Right, right. It was the beginning of a a series of scenes where he had to pretend he was above yeah, it all. Yes. And <clears throat> no, no, and, and you see, but then it makes perfect sense that she's on to the fact that he's lying about that. At some level, she knows, and mm -hmm. so she has to expose him as somebody who does care and so she kills his brother and that to me actually makes sense i mean from a writing point of view it makes sense i i know it's it, it leaves you cold because you can't separate yourself from the idea that it was a dog being kicked to death which is terrible um no the scene i was going to talk about none of that was funny to me what was funny to me was how they're mentioning that they sort of ha have to create their own sign language because in this second world where you're not allowed to be part of a couple at all. Um, you know, it's funny. I knew I, when, I, when I saw that scene. I was, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. That's all right. And so eventually you see little bits and pieces of them communicating with hand signals, but it, it culminates eventually in a scene where they're sitting 15 or 20 feet from each other in a forest in a in a group setting where other people are sort of sprinkled around, and they're having some sort of conversation using this ridiculous sign language that involves standing up and sitting down and rubbing the top of your head. And Three and... It, like, yeah. two people, like two people having seizures, but they were yeah. having some intense it's really conversation. It's funny I saw that scene. Yeah. The first thing that came to my mind was, "Yeah, I'll bet Adam like this." <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, "That's this is an Adam moment." I oh know. It. I get it. It just didn't make it. Laugh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. When I was watching it, it didn't make me laugh. None of the comedy got triggered until I was describing it. That glee you heard in my voice talking about it just now was completely absent while I was watching it. I was so, you were talking about the tsunami. I was so overwhelmed by the melancholy that I couldn't find my way to the surface to laugh at any of it. But I do, in retrospect, I gotta go see this movie again. That would be funny if I'm just sitting there cackling like a maniac. Your jaw hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> there was one piece of trivia before we abandon this uh, sinking ship completely, is yes. that is that there was another actor cast in the lead role before Colin Farrell took it. Oh, who's that? And, well, that's just it. Is It's such... I, I can't kind of wrap my head around it. It's like when they're talking about 
uh, you know, Tom Selleck versus versus Harrison Ford. You kind of go, well, they're cut from the same piece of cloth. At the time. You know, yeah. whatever. Uh, the actor was Jason Clark. Are you having trouble placing him? I am having trouble placing Mr. I, I thought you might. Well, he first came to my attention in a movie about, in a TV show about um, uh, Chicago, you know, uh, cops. Oh, Chicago Code, it was called. Um, with the, the gal from Flashdance was in that as well. What was her name? I'm spacing Jennifer out. Beals. Jennifer Yes, Jennifer Beals. All right, so I loved, I, I first noticed him there. I don't want to say I loved him, but he had done plenty of stuff before that, like uh, Public Enemies, that Johnny Depp thing, and uh, mm. a, a series called Brotherhood, which is set in Providence, Rhode Island, where I hail from. Um, he was in Zero Dark Thirty, but a lot of guys with uh, stubble were in Zero Dark Thirty. But you might really know him, even if you didn't see the movie, from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He was one of the humans, like the main hero there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Ter Terminator Genesis. He was also in Everest. Did we ever talk about Everest? I remember him now. Yeah. Does Everest, we do Everest? I know we saw. I think we just talked to each other about it before the show ever existed. Um, I'm pretty sure because... I, I, remember, I remember like dedicating time to us talking about it. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is back when we were just when we were just starting to think of this, the idea of doing the show. Um, so he couldn't, to me, be less of the same kind of guy that Colin Farrell is. And moreover, which of those movies I mentioned were funny at all? None of them is the answer. He has uh, Jason Clark does not have comedy in his DNA. Yeah, and so it's shocking to me. He's a Australian fellow. But I generally like him in these action-type movies. And then one other thing I wanted to say with regard... You know you were saying how you didn't connect with any of the characters or anything like that? Yes. I find it uh, uh, revealing, given your statement, that Colin Farrell played the character of David, right? Everybody else in the movie, none of them have a name. They, are only, they only have descriptors, like Nosebleed Woman or... or uh, restaurant waiter or biscuit woman or you know angry woman things like that mm -hmm. um, and so I, I wonder if there's some kind of a connection like even if you go down and look at Rachel Weiss, she's called short-sighted woman um, that your feeling of disconnect from those characters even goes maybe almost in a way back to the very page where they don't have names yeah. Where they aren't identifiable as people, but are just props or symbols of something. Hmm. Well, if that's it, well done on that point. I will Thank say that. You. Thank you. If that was the fact that, that, that if, if that was intentional, that was a very effective strategy. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, anyway, unfortunately, giving him the name David didn't seem to help you like him any more than you didn't like anybody else or that whatever is true. it is saying. That is absolutely true. Okay, enough of my nonsense. Thank you. Well, you know, this sounds like the perfect moment in which to wrap up our thoughts on The Lobster. Uh, yes. Which, uh, seemed to bring out a lot of strong feelings for both of us. Most of mine were directed at or making me watch this movie. <laughs> and that was fair enough. See, here's the thing, though. 
I think this was a good conversation. That's what I think. This was a good conversation. Excellent. That's true. Even um, though it wasn't about a movie that I was looking forward to. Right. Well, here's... Okay, so then my, my, my parting shot then is if... Uh, um, <laughs> go see it. There's a chance you might hate it, but there's a chance you might laugh your ass off about it later. I don't know. I don't know what to do. How can we possibly? How can we possibly tell anyone who's made it this far now to go and see the movie? <laughs> because they're hearing how much joy I have in it. Yeah, what are you? Aside from the fact that we gave away so much. That's true. No one. Already. No one who's listening to this has oh, not yet seen here's it. Here's another little thing too. Um, did you do you catch the joke about the ending? The very the very ending of the movie. Um, I heard. I lost you a little bit there. I did not catch a joke about the ending. I don't think. Tell me the joke. The joke of the joke of the ending. Love is blind. Of course. Now I like it even more. I, I think I have to see this again. Oh, bon voyage, my friend. Yes. Okay. Well. Okay. Listen. Thank you, people, for listening, for downloading. Tell your friends about this show. We'd love to have more people come in. Get onto the Facebook page and leave a comment. Uh, these sorts of things. Uh, there's a Twitter and a tweeter out there. Tweet at us. All these things are available in the notes. <laughs> in the notes on the show. Uh, thanks again for listening. Until next time, the doctors are out. <laughs>